Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. Jeff, we make really good friends, but we make better enemies. This is a brand new edition of the, you like what I did there? The payoff, and we're covering In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, The Heartbreak Kid against Diesel. This is going to be a good one. I'm Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jeffrey Ryan. You said it a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was. Like we have, we, we just have more energy in the morning, and I don't know if it's because it's the morning and I'm just ready for the day. But man, that was <laughs> that was stupid. But no, this, for- <laughs> hey, you know what? This uh, this this recording in the middle of a shoot workday is better than uh, you know eight o'clock at night. I got to tell you. Yeah, I know you and I were, we're having a lot better time kind of finding uh, our schedules and making it work. So, um, of course, you know, uh, glad everybody tuning in once again. Hope I'm bringing you a little bit of uh, a joy during all these crazy times. So um, subscribe to the payoff wherever you listen. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. We've been seeing uh, a lot more activity on uh, the uh, social media, Twitter, things like that. So it's great to see fans letting us know. I know our kind of WrestleMania cards went over well. Tom's was a little bit better, but that's okay. Um, you know, and so, but it's great to see fans kind of, you know, shooting us those messages, messages, letting us know about, um, you know, how they feel about the different matches that we're doing and giving us suggestions, of course, too. Like, um, you know, we may not have a, always have a guest, but uh, we love talking about wrestling just as much as everybody else. So at Payoff Pod, make sure to find us on all that social media. So um, Tom, what do you got right now? Dude, just uh, hit the archives if you haven't heard some of our recent episodes. You know, we're trying to be a little calendar uh, topical, if you will. And so, you know, we're covering some of these great post-WrestleMania feuds, matches. Jeff, what I find interesting is, by default, a lot of times we remember and uh, appreciate and review things better that happened at WrestleMania, right? So if it happens... At WrestleMania, you remember the match. Uh, you you probably remember some of the moments associated with it. And then, look, less people watch the In Your House following WrestleMania. Less people watch Backlash following WrestleMania. So some of this stuff, there's less eyeballs on. Some of it you've just forgotten about. So what I think's fun in this post-WrestleMania stuff is we're covering some matches and moments and payoffs that I think are excellent, but they, they get lost under the shuffle a little bit because you simply don't remember him happening. So this match that we're going to cover today, it was better than their WrestleMania match, but everyone remembers their WrestleMania match from a year prior, right? So uh, we're trying to find some of these, I wouldn't call them hidden gems, but things that maybe have gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I think as we map out the the rest of the year and we keep going, I think that's going to be our goal. Is Obviously, we want to cover some of the biggest, most famous matches, but we also want to find some of these ones where you know they've gotten maybe a little lost or forgotten in time, but they're awesome, and we'll find them, and then you watch them and tell us what you think as well, and, and we hope you enjoy the show and everything else we're doing here. So, I'm excited to cover this one. I'm excited to to keep doing these uh, post WrestleMania ones because there, there's been some fun ones and they'll they'll continue to be. So let me let me jump into in addition to that. Why else I wanted to cover this one? Uh, I, look, 
huge Shawn Michaels, Mark. I love the diesel stuff. And, and we'll talk more about this, but what's cool about this, Jeff, is this is kind of the culmination of, in a lot of ways, a two-year build. You know, Diesel comes in as the bodyguard. Then all of a sudden, he's wrestler. Then he's an intercontinental champion. Then he's split up for Shawn Michaels, and he's a good guy, and he's a world champion. And then, you know, they, they obviously have the WrestleMania match, but then they come back around and collide, and this time it's completely reversed. Shawn's the good guy. Shawn's the world champ. And it's the end of this feud because Diesel's obviously going down south to Atlanta. Uh, terrible Southern accent. But, dude, I mean, this is, this is a great kind of culmination of, of again, a two-year story. And because we have, you know, 18 hours of wrestling to produce every single week and we have a pay-per-view every month and we have shows in Saudi Arabia and Australia and everywhere else, you just don't see some of these two-year builds anymore. So let's appreciate some of the better aspects of old school wrestling. And I think that's one of them. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think um, all I could think when you were kind of talking to it is like, like some of these matches, a lot of matches, like after we've gone back and you and I have watched some of these, like there's been a lot of rose colored glasses on some of this stuff that like, you know, we remember them as being what they were and they were such a big deal. But then when you go back and actually watch it, sometimes the match itself is not good. Um, and so you do have to incorporate the different, like the build and like the, the aftermath and things like that. I think like WrestleMania will always be WrestleMania. I think like these post WrestleMania pay-per-views are super important too, because it does, especially I think back then it set up a lot of different stories coming out of WrestleMania to kind of, you know, get the year rolling again. I think there's less of that now, but I think that we are seeing that you know, back then it was some of these, and this was, and we'll see as we kind of get into it. There was a lot that kind of surrounded this match. I think that's why I was excited to dig into this one because I knew the match happened, but this was a long time coming, I say. And there was good, bad, both sides of this heel, face, everything, teams, you know, tag teams, all of that stuff. And so, and then of course we will talk about the the big piece of this that happened after this. Um, and of course the curtain call. And so we'll get into this. And so um, I, I think there's just so many different aspects of this, which is why I'm excited and um, to kind of get into this one and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So let's jump right into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So here we are. April 28th, 1996, pay-per-view following WrestleMania 12. It's In Your House 7, Good Friends, Better Enemies. Now, you may or may not remember this, but these In Your Houses, they were two hours long, and a lot of them built around one match. So, and I'll get more into this in a second, but a lot of these were kind of one big main event match that was the theme of it, like Beware of Dog, which was Sean and Bulldog, right? So you had those. And then the undercards, because it was 96 WWF, kind of sucked. Um, but, but again, that's what the tagline was, and that's what was built around this. Um, Omaha, Nebraska, the Omaha Civic uh, Auditorium, about 10,000 in attendance. And, and Jeff, I got to tell you, at the beginning of this pay-per-view, so I went back and I watched the beginning of the pay-per-view and I watched the build, um, the vignette they aired, but I, I haven't watched the match. And, and I like us doing that together so you get our kind of authentic in-the-moment reactions. But dude, you put this pay-per-view on, classic Vince McMahon on commentary. And mm -hmm. I swear to you, and, and I'm not exaggerating, it was, welcome everyone to Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the heartland of America. Welcome to In Your How. I mean, the enthusiasm 
of this man for being in Omaha, Nebraska on a cold February night, or I'm sorry, uh, what was it uh, April night? What did I say? March night, April night. Yeah, it was April just, night. Yep. Oh my God. It was so funny. I mean, it was so over the top. Like, you know, this guy was, you know, in, in a war and there's enemy fire. I mean, it was like so elaborate. I'm like, you know, I miss him on commentary because there's no bigger fan of the WWE than Vince McMahon. I mean, he genuinely yeah. loves this shit and he was so enthusiastic and so good. It was just, it was just funny. It was like, you know, it wasn't, it was the welcome to WrestleMania enthusiasm, but we're in Omaha, Nebraska at, in your house. So it was just, it was just great. Go back and watch that before you watch the match. Um, let me get into this card. Then I've got a couple additional things. So dark match of Mark Marrow, who had recently de- uh, debuted, he's defeating the one, two, three kid by DQ. Uh, you know, again, I, 2020, here we are all these years later, but it's like, you bring this guy in, you got the whole package with him and Sable and, you know, it's exciting. Why put him in a dark match? Right. Don't understand that. We open with Owen and Bulldog uh, defeating Ahmed and, and Jake Roberts in a tag match. We then get the Ultimate Warrior defeating Goldust by countout. Um, Seven-minute match. Not a good match. No, it was a terrible match. It was for the IC title. Uh, again, why, why put the Warrior – why put him in an IC title feud? Why put him in a match where you're going to do a bullshit finish and you're not going to give him the title? Um, it just sucked. And I told you the undercard of these in your houses really did suck. Um, just because it was this era, uh, Vader defeating razor Ramon. That would of course be the swan song for the, for the razor Ramon character. Um, you know, let him job on the way out. And, he and did the work. Yep. Yeah, he did. Um, Body Donna's skip and zip with Sonny defeating the Godwins, uh, with hillbilly Jim, uh, Body Donna's would retain their tag title. And then the reason we're here, which is this no holds barred uh, WWF world title match, uh, 18 minutes, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, uh, which again was fantastic. And then <laughs> ironically, there were three dark matches following the pay-per-view, you know, for the live crowd to give them more than a two hour show. <laughs> this is fun. Savio Vega defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Triple H defeating Mark Marrow. And The Undertaker defeating Mankind. So if you went to this show live, and I love doing this because it's just, it's interesting, but you go to the show and you're getting Owen, Bulldog, Jake Roberts, The Ultimate Warrior, Vader, Razor Ramon, Hillbilly Jim, HBK, Diesel, Steve Austin, Triple H, Undertaker, Mankind. That's quite, a, that's quite an evening at the uh, Omaha Civic Center, wouldn't you agree? That's a hell of a dark card. Oh, yeah. Like, that dark card alone, which Mark Merrow, good on him pulling double duty on this one. Um, unfortunately, both of them work in the dark, the dark matches. But, like, yeah, like, this was really good. It was excellent. Yeah, it was. Um, so, a couple other things I want to share. Uh, going on around this time, you know, the, there were big things, big hope for the ultimate warrior. They were actually doing, you know, how they themed the house shows. They were doing the ultimate warrior world tour, uh, where they had him work invader on top. Kind of right. interesting. And, yep. uh, I mean, they, look, they wanted the guy, they wanted the guy to be a star. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, Jeff is these in your, so, you know, look, 96 WWF in a lot of ways, people would say, Hey, it's pretty forgettable. Um, and I don't disagree with that. 
but it was a very top heavy time for the promotion. And Jeff, the top was pretty damn good. So of these in your houses in 96, and, and I want to cover some of these matches because they've gotten forgotten in time, but they're, they're really good. And, and there's some good stories around them, but the, um, the February in your house, you had Bret Hart and diesel in a steel cage match for the title, you know, Brett's your champion, uh, diesel's the heel at that point, they were having a pretty good feud. So that's a, that's a really fun one. Okay. Then we go to beware of dog, which was that, you know, uh, Sean and Davy boy feud, which was actually really good. Now they had some technical glitches. They had to refilm some of the matches, but the actual build to that was pretty good. They had the whole Diana, Sean angle bulldog. I thought was just a great heel at this time. So that was, that was really fun. Um, then they do a international incident, which took place in Canada, uh, with a main event of Bulldog Owen and Vader defeating Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels and psycho Sid. Sid was your replacement for the ultimate warrior who no showed how I remember that is he also no showed the house show that was taking place in Pittsburgh. And I think we got to the building thinking we get warrior and Sid was the surprise, or maybe I caught it when they when Jack Tunney announced it prior. But I remember him making this announcement saying the Ultimate Warrior didn't fulfill his dates as he was contractually obligated to do, and we're sliding in Psycho Sid for these uh, Sid or whatever they were calling him at the time for these house shows. And that was a little behind the scenes stuff. I remember thinking, ah, this is pretty odd. Not something you heard much. So keeping with these '96 uh, in your house themes, then we get a match we definitely need to cover, a phenomenal one. That's where we get the Shawn Michaels and Mankind uh, no-holds-barred match in Philadelphia that was an awesome match. Mick Foley has said, look, this is the best match of my career. Put him on the list of about 15 guys that said their best match of their career was against Shawn Michaels. Then, October's in your house. We get the first ever Buried Alive match, Undertaker and Mankind awesome match, really cool visual. That was something, something pretty awesome. Um, and then, uh, to round it out in December, we get Sid and we get, uh, Bret Hart in a world title match on top. That was pretty good, pretty good, uh, feud. So my point to this being is that these in your house is 96 were one match shows in a lot of cases, but the one match was pretty damn good. So that's all I got for you. Uh, Storyline-wise, and I know there's a lot to cover, how do we get to this final blow-off match between Sean and, and, and Diesel? And gosh, if my memory serves me, this is the last time these two were, at least on TV, ever in the ring together because I don't think they ever did anything when Nash had his WWF run years later. Yeah, and so I'll start with, you know, so this, in your house, it was April 1996. Um, we have to go all the way back, though, to 1993 to talk about when Diesel showed up. So it was actually, if you can believe it, Shawn Michaels losing the Intercontinental Championship to Marty Jannetty, Tom's favorite. Um, it was May 1993. Um, he regained it uh, like, really a couple weeks later, but that was because he had his debuting bodyguard, uh, however you want to call him, or, you know, not a manager, but Diesel. Uh, Diesel had been around for a little bit, uh, did a little bit of time 
um, you know, outside of the WWF and the, the, the name Vince, I can already just see like Kevin Nash walking into Vince's office and Vince just losing his mind. And, um, you know, the diesel name is the kind of things I read what came from actually, um, Kevin Nash is from, uh, Detroit, like a Detroit suburb. And so the motor city diesel, that's where the name came from. And so I didn't know that actually before I started. I, I, I did not either. It's a good little so, fun fact. Yeah. And so, because the old um, adage, if you will, uh, it was because it was the mean streets of the Motor City. And so, because if you remember, his old theme too was just like the truck noises. And so, and things <laughs> like, yep. And so, that, that is where that came from. <laughs> so, so there's your fun fact for the day Diesel Motor City. There you go. So, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to jump like, uh, I don't know, 15 years ahead. Do you remember that pop he got when he came back as diesel in the Royal rumble? Yes, I do. Yeah, dude. That was, um, I remember where I was. I had just, uh, I was, I was in a hotel room in India. I was, I was speaking at a conference. I was laying in bed. I was like kind of half asleep. It'd been a long weekend, but I was watching, this was pre-network. I was watching like an illegal feed, um, God, I wonder if any of you remember that Justin TV, but I used to watch a bunch of pay-per-views on there. Yep. You remember that? Okay. And, yep. uh, and so I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm, again, I'm like dozing off because it really wasn't that great of a show. And it was, I'm like, holy shit. And then remember it was with Matt Stryker. Like, it was like, he went, he like marked yep. out. And I think he actually got flack for that. Cause they said he was too over the top. I'm like, dude, he's a fan. He probably didn't even know it was happening. So yep. it was absolutely phenomenal. So that's yes. why I was, thinking about that. That was good though. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it was almost 18, yeah, maybe 14 months later that August of the following year, 1994, it was actually Michaels and diesel. They won the tag team championship it was from the head shrinkers actually. So, yeah. um, now it was interesting that the photo is actually pretty cool, uh, because, uh, diesel was also the intercontinental champ at this point too. losing the belt. It was actually the, the, the following day it was SummerSlam to razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. This kind of started setting up, I guess, uh, the long kind of feud here because diesel lost to Ramon because Michaels accidentally super kicked diesel. So, um, at that point though, that was like, I say their split, like one of many, um, where they went their separate ways. They actually went all the way until survivor series that November, 1994, um, with the two of them going back and forth. So, and that um, was so good. So you then have Michaels winning the Royal Rumble 1995. We're getting a little closer here to this April date, but still got a ways to go. Uh, Michaels winning the Royal Rumble 1995. And at the time, Diesel was the champion. So setting up a match between the two of them at WrestleMania 11. And how so, good was the finish to that uh, Royal Rumble where Davey Boy thinks he wins, he's standing on yep. the turnbuckle, they're playing his music. You know, obviously the way the camera work was, you had no idea Sean held on. Boom, double axe handle, knocks him out. I, arguably the best finish in Rumble history. I, st I still think that was just awesome. A good fake. I love it. WWE over the years has gotten better at those fakes. Absolutely. And so especially like don't ever even uh, we've kind of learned in the last couple of years, like don't ever uh, get up or turn the, uh, you know, network off. If just the logos in the bottom corner, that doesn't mean anything. Um, and so thanks to Gargano and Champa for that one. But um, so yeah, he had, uh, which actually I did not realize this diesel actually 
um, won the belt from Bob Backlund. I always forget like Bob Backlund was, you know, wrestling at that time. So, um, it's deceptive how old he is. So, um, so you've got that, you know, and Michael's winning the Royal Well, he actually took a little bit of time off after this, but now we have to talk about, and I know this is a big part of this. You and I are excited to get into, we have to talk about the click. So, uh, for those of you, most people I'm sure are familiar with the click, heard of them before. It was 1994 before this, you've got Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sean Michaels, who at the time was one, two, three kid, but X-Pac, Sean Waltman. Yeah. Someone had to drive the car. Somebody, yeah, and so you've got all of them together forming the click. It's K L I Q for those of you that aren't aware of it or ever seen it actually written. Um, and then, of course, you had uh, who at the time was not, uh, you know, Triple H, not really known as Triple H, leaving WCW, coming over to WWE as Triple H, and then he was the uh, the next member, if you will, of the click. And so, something to keep in mind as we're kind of talking through all this, I just want to introduce the players right now because i know we've got a lot in the payoff and a lot in the in the um in the aftermath to discuss on this one so the click don't forget the click so so um michael's again um he had lost that wrestlemania match after winning the royal rumble um and then he actually uh returned that following year royal rumble 1996 two-time winner or i don't know if it was two-time but he won two two years in a row. Um, and so, well, yeah, if he won two years in a row, it would be two time. No, but I, if he would want a, a time separate from that though. So no, he, has he, that's has it. He, two, two times. The only two rumbles okay. he won, he was in the fight. He came down to him and uh taker that year. Taker won it. Um, and then I yes. think at the time, I, I, my memory serves me correctly. Hogan, I know he won it twice. I think he won it like 90, 91 or something like that. Two years in a row. Um, because you know he didn't win enough back then, <laughs> yeah, right. So, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, but Sean, yeah, Sean won it back to back. So you've got that, but that set up the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 12. At this point, um, you also the boyhood have boyhood dream has come true. Yes, and so this was the absolute classic Iron Man match: Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Uh, which ended in a tie, no score, tie, and then sudden death, which was just just a great moment. Them having to go to sudden death and all that—that's that's for a different episode. But that's just great stuff. So, well, and it, it, yeah, that's I feel like that's one of the more polarizing matches in history, right? There's people it, people either love it and think, God, it's amazing these guys went an hour and, and what a great match, and nobody else in the business could have done it at that time. And then there's yeah. other people that are like, that was got off or it took way too long uh it's just interesting but i feel like that's if you had to make a list of like polarizing matches and obviously we've seen a few of them recently uh i feel like that 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 iron man match would be on the top 10 of just biggest discrepancies between love or hate yep and i agree and so absolutely so um you also had the introduction at this point kevin nash was not with him as his bodyguard you know at this point you had jose lothario of course can't forget that always coming to the ring with him so after this WrestleMania 12 match with Owen or Owen, wow, Brett and Sean, you had the start of Nash and really Razor's contract, like things starting to get a little funky here. Um, and at this time, WCW, Eric Bischoff was running the show, paying a lot, a lot, a lot of money for these guys to come over and jump ship. And so, of course, it's hard to believe that these two guys wanted to make twice the money and work half the dates. 
Right, exactly. And have pretty much ultimate say over what happens. In and, and God, so. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, oh, uh, oh, favored nations. The favored nations clause in their contract that I'm yes. sure many of our listeners know, which is if you bring anyone else in, you have to pay us that. So if someone yep. comes over and they negotiate 250 grand more per year, you automatically have to bump us up to that, which is crazy. It was, it was guaranteed money too. Because yep. I think at the time, the WWF contracts were not guaranteed. Bischoff was millions of dollars guaranteed, which, yeah, like, I would go too. Like, yeah. so, and of course, obviously, the biggest name that him getting him the defect was Hulk Hogan. Um, so you had that. And as well, eventually, Randy, so just all these different people. You know, we all know kind of what happened there. So, um, so you had the Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12. But then you also had... Diesel losing to The Undertaker at WrestleMania 12. Um, this actually turned Diesel heel um, because at the time, kind of not really working that, and then went on to feud Michaels again after that. Um, it was actually, he turned on him. It was a Madison Square Garden live event. And so, you know, it was really, and it was how it played out. Um, in one of his last kind of TV appearances, and we didn't know this at the time until early 2000s, Diesel challenged Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship, which Michaels had won after the Iron Man match, um, at In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. So, um, let, actually, me hit, let me hit you with a piece of trivia. Do you, did you notice or did you see what shirt uh, Diesel was wearing during that? I don't know. He I, was I like, wearing the Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Hotel t-shirt to troll him. And the shirt was like, you know, like a medium. And so it's just, it's just like tight little Heartbreak Hotel shirt. It's pretty funny. But that was the shirt that like Shawn's face was on the right corner. There's a big heart. It's just, I remember that shirt, but it was just so funny because he looked absurd in it. And it was just, it was great. Do you have that uh, shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I did because it came in a pack with uh, with the hat and the glasses and the earrings. Look at you. Yep. <laughs> of course you did. So so that's how we got to oh, this. Oh, and, and there was a poster yep. too. But I was like, man, there, I, I, I will wear the Shawn Michaels hat around the house while I'm playing wrestler. I will not put the Shawn Michaels poster up in my room. I, I, I drew the line there, ironically. You drew the line or your partner drew the line, but we don't have to get into that. So, uh, yeah, but yes. Yeah, so we've got again, um, after, you know, the WrestleMania 12 setting up the match for the WWF championship. So a lot of cool stuff happening. A few things we didn't really touch on because we got a lot more to talk about as we go through this one. So Tom, I'll kick it to you to get us into the payoff. Dude, and there's more we could talk about. We'll talk about it during the match, but man, there's just a lot here, dude. A lot. Um, so let's uh let's let's get into the match here. We're at the one hour twenty-two minute mark of the in your house pay-per-view, good friends, better enemies. Again, we're at the one hour twenty-two minute mark. So right now, let's jump into the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right, Jeff, here we are. One hour, 22 minute mark. Shawn Michaels coming down to the ring. Just took a diet Coke to the face. 
What I love about the the way he's walking in is he's not doing the sexy boy stuff. He is there for a fight. He's there for a no-holds-barred match. He's not cracking a smile. Diesel's staring at him. Boom, takes off the jacket. He's in the ring. He's punching him. You can't do this all the time, but I love when it's appropriately done where it's, hey, I'm not here for a pro wrestling match. I'm not here as a character. I'm here for a damn fight. And I love when guys do that. Again, you can't do it every match or else it loses its luster. But for a match like this, I thought it was great. And there's so many times too where it's appropriate, but yeah, I think the build on this one, and like I said, it's really a a three-year build with these two guys kind of being together and and doing stuff with one another. Um, I think this is just one of those where you know, how it played out, it was it, this, it was deserving of these guys to come out the way they did. Do you like Diesel better as a heel or a face? Uh, I think definitely a heel. I, 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 it's just, he's better that way. Absolutely. You got Michael's so, going up top early. Boom. I used to love, he did that like side moonsault back in the day. Um, I loved it. I mean, he still did it later on, but it was like, I just love that kind of side thing he did. It was just a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Really good stuff there. Um, Dude, already already going for a weapon. Did he take off somebody's shoe? I missed it. I looked away for two seconds. He does have someone's shoe, yes. Oh, man, he just clubbed it. He just, I, don't, I wonder if that was a commentator. I think it was a Spanish commentator. Um but yeah, he just clubbed him over the face with his dress shoe. I love it. So yeah, I'm I'm a diesel as a heel guy, no question. Um, also, dude, I just dug this in your house set. I don't know what it was, man. I just absolutely I, I love that in your house set. I wish like they could bring it back for something. Boom, man, boom, just crushes him right into the guardrail, double axe handle to the outside. Maybe the best seller in pro wrestling history, man. HBK just looks dead, but we're getting the replay of the moonsault, which was excellent. And again, you didn't see a whole lot of that back in the day. And then barely, boom, barely then, caught him yeah. on that one too. Yeah, And then yeah. diesel pounds him outside. But I mean, Nash, he just moves smaller as the diesel heel. He looks a little bit different. Got those black gloves on. Love it, man. I think you and I've talked about it before. I can't remember if it was on the show or not on the show, but uh, like you said, the, the kind of individual pay-per-view stage setups. Do you wish they'd bring some of that stuff back? Oh, 100%, man. They, it, just, it just gave a little bit of character to it, and it just felt different. It was just something to look forward to. Oh, hey, we're at... Oh God, I can't remember the name of that one pay-per-view. They used to do it in like uh, May. Um, I, I'll remember it. But it was they had like cars that were like broken down out there, and uh, Dude Love and, and uh, Stone Cold fought on them one time. But I just... I love those different sets. I'm sure they were paying the ass. I'm sure they were expensive. But it just gave these pay-per-views a little bit more unique of a feel. Now, I feel like I'll be watching pay-per-views reviews i'll be like i'm watching a tv match i'm watching it with the same set that it's on it's like they just changed the colors a little bit and you know so i I just i liked when pay-per-views felt like pay-per-views not tv that's why i like i like jobbers because you do that during tv and then you have real matches during pay-per-views i like when the set looks different i like when the matches go a little bit longer i like when you get more clean finishes all of that pay-per-view should be different too often now man pay-per-views and tv just blend right into each other it's hard to tell the damn difference well, and I think that you and I, I, I and I, I think, in my opinion, like WCW did it 
always better. Um, I still remember like one of my favorites, like the Halloween Havoc and like the pumpkin. Um, Bash in the Beach was always a big one too, where they'd set up just, you know, the really the beach and they had it there. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure for just pure kind of staging and the crew being able to kind of do what they need to do. Um, it's one where they need that same set all the time and it's just kind of easier for them. But yeah. Well, and, and, and the other thing too is I, I think now they do so much with video that it's probably easier to say, hey, these are the size of the video boards so that we're not trying to take, you know, every month take 50 different guys' entrances and, you know, reshape the images and change things and stuff. So I don't know. But if you just did like a big LED board in the back and then you had some, you know, whatever your props and decorative things are, I think it'd be fun. And obviously it's just one more thing to use during matches, you know, once or twice during the show. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, but we get it. I mean, it's what it is. So moving forward, who knows? I mean, they brought the fist back at WrestleMania for Cena, so maybe one day we'll see. Uh, we'll see some of those things come back too. Who knows? But Diesel just pounding him. I mean, you know, I haven't seen this match in a long time, but I, I remember how good it was. And so, arguably, you're going to have the best match of his run on his last major match. But he makes he's going to you know make his friend look like a million bucks taking the tape off his wrist right now. Just complete dastardly heel. I love it. So and, and at this point too, like Nash, a lot of these guys knew what was happening. Oh, now Nash choking out ref, ref bump, I guess. Yeah. Choking out Earl Hebner um, with the tape that he had taken off. So smart, smart bumps. to choke out the ref in a, in a no holds barred match. We've had a few, uh, we've had a few ref bumps these last couple of matches. Like, yeah. What's he? Oh, so, he took Earl Hebner's belt. You don't, you don't see that anymore at all. He took off Earl Hebner's belt and is now hitting Michaels across the back with it. That's a, that's a heel move right there. He is not, uh, if Michael's selling as he sells, he is not uh, laying back on that either, or laying off on that either. Jeez. So they have, their, they have their WrestleMania 11 match, and you know the, the famous story being is that the night of the match, Vince McMahon says, wait a second, Shawn Michaels isn't a heel. He's a babyface. And of course, they had to rebook uh, all of the upcoming storylines because the next night on Raw, Sid powerbombed Shawn, and now Shawn's a good guy. Sid's the the heel that would you know be separated from him. God, you almost you almost look at this, and again, I know they wanted to make Diesel your babyface champion. Guys, he's hanging him. Holy shit! Can't do that. We know how did that. they? How did they? How did? How do you work this? Yeah, it was uh, different times. I guess he's like literally tying him to. No, to but him. I mean, he's like he's being hung by the belt. I but I mean now I understand. But like at first he was just being hung by it. And now you and I remember too, like, or well, you and I were just shit. talking about it before the show. The uh, the the hell they they or the kind of low roar on Twitter that they're catching for the uh, what was it? Oh, the Fink tossing the Fink now to get his chair. So um, Diesel is. I mean, so yes. Fink Fink just took a legitimate bump. So he's got man. You didn't see a lot of wrestling like this back in '96. Nope. Boom. So share across the back as he's still being choked out by Hebner's neck or by Hebner's uh, belt. Uh, belt and Hebner got his belt back. I think because, and it they'll probably won't do a spot like that ever again. Cause like I said, you and I were talking just off of the uh, show 
with the the weight belt spot or weight rope spot that they had in the Edge Orton match, and that not going over well with some people. So, so yeah. So what I, what I was saying though is they you know they they do that WrestleMania eleven. You almost wonder like I feel like you could have done a double turn between these guys, and I'm not saying they should have, but WrestleMania eleven you could have done a double turn where somehow Sean became a babyface, Diesel became the heel at WrestleMania 11. And then all of a sudden the, the monster heel diesel now retains and people are going after him all year uh, until Sean finally gets him. That could have been kind of interesting. Diesel missing the chair shot, hitting the ropes. It bounces back, which again, spot you don't see very often again, either the chair bounces back, hits diesel in the face. Um, I looked up too. I had forgotten. And this could be one we talk about that WrestleMania 11. It only hits seven matches. Really? I'm looking at I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah, of just kind of the different people and things like that. Yeah, but you forget and there's also a two hour and forty five minute pay-per-view. Right. And the main event was Lawrence Taylor defeating Bam Bam Bigelow. Which so. wasn't a long match, but remember the entrances to that were really long and there was a lot around it. So you had that and you had a world title match, IC title, tag title. I mean, there was there was a lot on that show. But yeah, that was that was an interesting. I mean, that was that was an interesting one. And I had forgotten too. Diesel came out with Pamela Anderson on that one, and Shawn Michaels came out with Jenny McCarthy because that was at the the height of their uh, uh, men's pleasure days, I guess. So and that was know, one huge. of the rare, yeah, that was one of the rare times where the the champion actually retained back in those days. Didn't happen very often. Yeah, rare. Yep, absolutely. So, and he actually was with Sid at that point too, which we'll talk about Sid a little bit too um, after this. But yeah, so Diesel going for the pin. And this was after Michael's doing this, the huge flip over the top of Diesel uh, after he kind of caught him and flipped him over. Yeah, and I look, I, again, obviously self-admitted HBK mark, but man, I just thought his run during this year in 96, I mean, he had this great match. He had the match with Brett to win the title. The Bulldog feud was pretty good. The Vader match, the Vader feud was pretty good, but the match obviously was disappointing. Uh, you know, you get to the Mankind match in, in September. That was awesome. And then November you had where Sid beat him, you know, in the garden, which was really good. And then in January, he comes back and wins the title again. So there was, there was just a lot of good stuff happening during, during this run um, in terms of great matches on top. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Michael's too, uh, kind of psyching himself up. I, I, the crowd's starting to get into it as well too, cheering for him. You got to love that, uh, that 90s look as well too. I love that. I love HBK's tights too. This is a good one. I like that black and uh, blue contrast. Did that a few times. God, listen to Vince on commentary. Vince just super excited. Yep, absolutely. Oh, no. So just Diesel just pounded him, man. Look at that menacing look in his eyes. It's great. Just really good stuff there. So again, Diesel has been like, and this is one we'll talk about in the after. Like Diesel, his working this match right now, like really putting in a job here. Michael's, you know, selling really well, um, doing what he can to kind of get him over. Really, even though he was on the way out too. Well, I, I told you that these in your houses were one one match shows in a lot of cases. They started airing the vignette for this at the one hour fourteen minute mark of a two hour pay per view. Yeah, no way. Oh, 
and there's power the- bomb through the table. Monitors both pop up and land on Sean. Vince looks concerned. HBK isn't moving. Vince is moving the monitors. Keep in mind, these are the old school monitors, those big ass monitors that they had, not the little chintzy flat screen ones they have now. Looks like a stiffer table, man. Those weren't like working tables, man. Great, huge, huge power. And Michael, or not Michael, Diesel now um, holding the belt, telling Earl Hebner to put the belt on him uh, to screw with Michael's crazy. Dude, remember, you didn't see stuff like this back then. I mean, this is, look at that table. That is a, I mean, that's a shoot. I bet maybe they pre-broke it a little bit, but that's like a, a really thick table. Right, absolutely. And Sean yeah. struggling to get up, just completely selling it, pushing Vince out of the way. Great. You know, Jeff, what I miss is, you know, the month prior at WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels' crowning moment wins the title, first-time world champion at WrestleMania. I just miss those days, man. Here we go with the fire extinguisher, and we'll get back to that thought in a second. But it's a great spot. Yep. Yep. So Michael's blowing the fire extinguisher in Nash's face. Like, was that, was that a real extinguisher? I wonder how they set that up. Yeah, you just, you'd assume Diesel just closes his eyes. I mean, I don't know how you would really gimmick one of those things. How do you work it? Let us know Twitter. If you know how they work the fire extinguishers in the 90s, let us know Twitter. Well, what I was saying is Sean has that, you know, crowning moment, which was just fantastic. God, I love this. Kip up coming. But but what I was saying is he has that classic, um, you know, world title win. And coming off this year's WrestleMania where McIntyre should have had his crowning moment, he obviously doesn't because it's an empty building. And then I guess Braun Strowman's a world champion for the first time. And... Who cares? Bad match, no crowning moment. Yeah. So I just like the Daniel Bryan, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, of the world where they win their world title for the first time. And just we don't get that very often anymore. Kind of a chair shot to the head there. Diesel put his hands up, but just pounded him, man. And it's, it's funny watching some of the like, you know, the chair shots and the tables and stuff, because it's not like they had all the gimmick stuff around the ring that they have now. It's probably a real chair. It was a real table with a tablecloth over it. So yeah, just kind of the funny. Replay now. Yeah, and they have those monitors just fall. I mean, look at the corner of the monitor. Hell, it, it probably hurt more when the monitor lands on Sean than when he actually took the bump through the table. But just kind of funny how that works. Um, so yeah, and Sean. Was, and that was, they showed the replay too, the fire extinguisher. It was fun watching the fans because they definitely didn't expect. There's the, the huge boot uh, from Nash. I always like thought it. he had one of the best boots. I mean, I always loved the, the Hulk Hogan big boot, but I always loved Nash's boot. It just seemed like his leg was about eight feet long. Calling just, for the power bomb. Such a big, just pointing to somebody's sign in the crowd, absolutely right now. Yeah. So Michael's too, just acting like he's absolutely dead as well, too, um, selling this. And this was so at this point, too, what we've gone probably gone about 15 minutes or so. So Michael's now pounding on uh, Diesel, uh, kind of faking him a little bit. Just have you ever heard there, there's some guys in the business that say, that say Shawn Michaels has one of the stiffest working punches of anyone. <laughs> I just always thought that was funny. Elbow drop off the top, boom. Big Arguably the second best elbow drop of any wrestler in professional wrestling history. Getting ready for the uh, super kick now. I this To me, this is the best work that, that Kevin Nash ever did in his career. He had that Survivor Series match against Bret Hart. He had this match. The Taker feud was good. This was the best work he ever did in the business. And so catching Sweet Chin Music Diesel, uh, catching it, not taking it, but catching it, and then clotheslining 
And so you got the King and Vince standing now. Doing commentary, standing up with two hand mics. That's great. They don't even have the headsets on. Vince just selling, you know, Shawn Michaels being dead. But no, I, this is the best work that Diesel, uh, you know, Kevin Nash ever did in his career. He's re- this run right here, this kind of like six month run, the best matches he ever had. He was great as a heel when he turns on Brett and attacks him. That was fantastic after he loses the title. Like, dude, this was just great shit that he was doing. And so again, Diesel, huge clothesline, just taking Michaels to the outside over the top rope. And so really just working him hard right now. Do you ever, ever notice that like how many guys leave the WWF and then they don't have any good matches in WCW? I mean, what Kevin, Na- oh, right over the guardrail, stiff, just a great move. Um, I mean, think about the guys that left and went to WCW and you're hard pressed to find a really good match they had. What match did Kevin Nash have in WCW that was great? How about Scott Hall? Did Randy Savage have a great WCW match? You know? I mean, how many Hogan matches were great there? But then even when he came back, he had some great matches after WCW went out of business. I, maybe I'm too harsh on WCW, but it's like so many of these guys left and just didn't have great matches or even good matches really in WCW. So now he's going after Mad Dog Vashon, who's got the prosthetic right foot that he just grabbed off of the guy's leg. I remember as a 12-year-old being absolutely horrified by this. And this is absolutely something you would never see. On the ground, without his leg now, it's from the knee down. Um, And a low blow blow from Michaels, which totally legal, can do it. And now Michael's grabbing. I think that's a good point. I think that's one that maybe we need to uh, introduce some WCW matches uh, because we haven't done one. And so, yeah, because uh, a lot of them aren't that good. And so maybe it's time for us to so let it, Twitter, maybe let us know your favorite WCW matches. Maybe it's time for us to uh, find people and try and do some of these. Yeah. Pounds him in the face with a prosthetic leg. Now he's going for sweet chin music. I couldn't remember if he did sweet chin music with that, but he just kind of like winds up and hits him with it like it's a baseball bat. All the fans standing up, they're all going along to the stomp, which, you know, I don't love tuning up the van. terrible camera work there but we barely got to see it dude massive pop at the end there massive pop flipping him off screaming at him telling him to get out of the wwf yes he was over he was absolutely over holy hell diesel pretending to take a swing at the cameraman sean's got his title Look how fired up he was, man. Dude, the guy, the guy's just a gamer, man. I just love when these guys, I mean, they just want to go out there and steal the show, and it just means a lot to them. And Michael's losing his mind oh, still. Look at this. Same he's just, stuff. Yeah, and he's like, I mean, he's just saying, like, dude, I am the man. Like, I mean, and it, it was real. I mean, he's sitting there going, the two of you are getting your ass out of here. And I know he's friends with them, but it's his company. It's his belt. Brett's sitting at home in Calgary. Nash and Hall are on their way out. Hogan's obviously nowhere to be found. He's about to turn heel. 
he's like, dude, I am the fucking man of this promotion. And I am going to work every house show on top. I'm going to do 20 minute classics on top of every pay-per-view. It was real to him, man. What more can you ask for in a champion? Whether you say it worked or didn't, that's what you want. That's what Steve Austin was like as a champion. That's what Hulk Hogan was like as a champion. Some guys wear that belt better than others. All right, good stuff. So but yeah, let's uh let's let's jump into the aftermath. Oh it's time for the aftermath. All right, dude. What'd you think? Good stuff. Better than I expected. Like I said, uh like you had said too. I had watched like the vignette beforehand. Um it just to kind of set up and like, it really did set up like how long these two had kind of been together and then not and all that stuff. And so I did enjoy that piece of it. I thought that was really well done. Um, just overall, like better than I expected. No, no question. I mean, again, and this era, man, you didn't see a lot of stuff like that. I mean, that match still holds up. I I mean, no, no question. Right. You put that on top. And and again, you know, The thing you have to remember, too, and as we watch these matches, I'm not just looking at saying, oh, well, that's a, you know, an eight-star classic between two guys doing a bunch of gymnastics moves. I'm looking at these things saying, you know, how's the crowd reacting? You know, how's the actual match? What's the emotion between these two? What's the human storyline or issue between these two? And so, again, that match, it holds up today, but, man... Sean's over, brand new champ out to prove himself. Uh, Diesel is this, you know, big badass heel. There's a great issue that's been going on and simmering between these two and, and, and has boiled over for two years now. Dude, I mean, this is great stuff in, in any era. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so what happened after this? What is the aftermath? So this was actually the last televised event for both Diesel and Razor Ramon. It was actually until 2002 in WWF when they were back. So um, quite a while, about eight years at that point. So a lot happened in those eight years. And of course, the two of them going over to WCW. So We talked about the click before uh, on the build. So we now have to talk about the curtain call. So this was a little after this. It was April 1996. We know that Nash and Hall had signed contracts with WCW. Um, And the two companies we all know they didn't get along at that point. We knew what was happening. And so what was happening, you know, and all that different stuff. And so, um, a lot of different things here. No one conclusive kind of answer as as to why they left. Um, it part of it was to they said that WWF wanted to, um, as I said, like kind of hinder the clicks' influence because those guys had been doing what they had done for a couple of years at that point. They had grown, kind of doing a little bit more. Um, let me, let me give, let me give some pushback on that. And, and sure. obviously I like these guys. I mean, look, I've seen some of these guys, I mean, especially like Nash and Hall, they've done a million shoot interviews. You hear them in all these things. You, you've heard their perspective. I, I understand how, if I wasn't part of the click, I'd understand why they hate them. Okay. And I understand why, you know, a lot of some of the things they, these guys have said and done over the years, rub people the wrong way, but here's my defense of them. What guys in that locker room cared as much as those guys did during this era? Mm -hmm. Maybe Bret Hart, maybe The Undertaker. Dude, 
I mean, so, so to me, if I'm Vince McMahon and I got these, these, these guys that are driving down the road together, they're planning out storylines. They want to work together. They're all busting their asses. They're living and breathing this business. They're contributing ideas for their own storylines and others. Business is down. We're coming off the, the steroid stuff. WCW's paying Macho and Hogan a bunch of money and, and starting to breathe down our neck in terms of competition. They're starting to take our talent. Dude, I'm going to sit there and be like, hey, step into my office, sit down. What do you have? I'm yep. going to, if I'm a coach, I'm giving the ball. I'm giving the playing time to the guys who want it the most or working the hardest, care the most. That's what the click was during this era. What am I going to do? Say, yeah, you know what? I don't like all these politics. Let me, uh, let me make Hakushi my world champion. Let me give uh, you know, Phineas Godwin a singles push. I mean, what the hell else was he supposed to do during this era? Yeah, which not going to happen. <laughs> so, right, absolutely. So you've got these guys. Um, and so, and then a part of it too is like, you know, just the money piece of it. Who knows? So um, their last contract match for Hall and Nash, it was actually Madison Square Garden, May 19th, 1996. So a little less than a month after this. So um, you had Triple H and Nash who were working the heels at this point, And uh, Scott Hall and Michaels were the faces. Um, at the end of the night, this was, you had Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash in a steel cage match. Um, immediately after this match finished though, Scott Hall came into the ring, hugged Shawn Michaels, which uh, odd because, you know, the internet was infancy, not a thing. And so you really had, you know, this just wasn't a thing, but you had like the fan favorites, no matter where they kind of lied. And so then you also had triple H come into the ring, the he hug, Nat, like just the four of them just really kind of, you know, having a moment together in the ring. And then, a lot of people have seen and familiar with the grainy footage yeah. of them holding their hands up, um, you know, in the air, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of get their cheers and things from the crowd. So, um, you had that going. So of course this was the, it, it has since been dubbed the curtain call, um, which at the time and all the reports that come out is that WWE hated this, uh, because kayfabe was so important at this point, And it was still a thing that we didn't know, you know, Hulk Hogan was still telling us to eat our vitamins and things like that, or, you know, Hollywood and all those things. So, um, you know, we didn't know this and that there was uh, so many behind the scenes rules about these guys not breaking character. You know, the undertaker was the undertaker. We didn't know like, you know, the, the Michelle storyline and thing that we're hearing now, like that wasn't a thing and it's never a thing. And so the undertaker was the undertaker. He was undead. They couldn't convince us otherwise. So dude. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you're a younger fan listening to this, you you just don't realize how big of a deal the curtain call was. It just, that stuff didn't happen. And so if you were a fan, then you're like, holy shit. And then the fact that it's grainy footage, I, I, I'm sh- how do they not have actual cameras to at least film the MSG? I swear they have footage of it. And they just, it's funnier to think that there was only one asshole sitting up in section 535 with a camcorder that was able to record this. And I don't know if you know, saw this or not, but they interviewed him on a, uh, on a network special. The, the guy that, that filmed that. 
Yeah, and it was actually two guys okay. uh, that came in together that they managed to get. And if you remember, somehow they got a full camcorder past security, which we, I t- a camcorder for a camcorder. Any, yeah. any younger <laughs> listeners probably forget. This thing was probably the size of, God, I don't, what, do, what do you even compare it to? Like, like you know, twice the size of like twice the length of like a MacBook or something like that. Like these things were huge, like 18 inches long, like probably, you know, 10 inches tall. This, if you had the light, it was even bigger. Like this, a giant, it had a VHS tape in it, you know, just this <laughs> giant, like I still, you know, the holidays growing up, somebody always had one, but they got this in. And so they were the ones that um, got the footage. Now it, Different reports that Vince approved like a farewell, but did not realize that it was going to go to the links that it did. And so, um, because of this, you know, then after the camcorder and the footage, like then it all started getting out and seeing this stuff. And even to this day, we still see the click footage. It's referenced very infrequently, usually by the people that are safe to do it, like Triple H or Michaels or something like that. But um, interesting. So, aftermath and kind of playing this out and kind of explaining why I'm talking about all this hall and Nash were gone. Like diesel and razor Ramon were leaving for the WCW. And so they didn't, there was nothing that could happen to them. Michaels, who is the heavyweight champion, huge draw. You couldn't do anything to him either. And so he's going to, you know, not be punished either. And so the punishment for all of this, it fell totally on Triple H. He was the one that had to deal with it. Um, Really, the next couple of months after this, he had to wrestle. He was just, he went from a championship push to not. And so he did eventually because, you know, even though we say like, oh, you're going to get punished for this, Vince still, you know, rewarding people that do things um, like this. <laughs> he loves it. You know, we, we always talk about this, like, you know, oh, you and I joke like, oh, so-and-so after they're in the news or something and we're like, oh, they're going to win the belt in three months. And sure enough, um, this is- didn't, didn't Braun Strowman just get in trouble some, for some stupid shit he said He's, on Twitter and then he wins yeah, the he- title at WrestleMania. He didn't even have a damn match. He was shitting on indie wrestling and saying, "Yeah, oh, and, yeah, no, he was, yeah." It, it, and actually, and here's the thing: is I'm, you know, I, I, I don't get fake outraged over everything, but like I saw what he said, and I'm like, "Yeah, he saw, kind of sounds like an asshole." Like I didn't think it was the the right thing to say about any profession during this time period. I mean, the guy's making over a million bucks, and he's sitting there like, "Hey, if you're an out of work indie guy, you know, who cares? You're worthless. It's not our problem." And I'm like, "Man, that's a." That's a that's a little rough thing to say. Like I know you've worked hard to get where you are, and maybe you work harder and 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 yep. train more than the average indie guy. But like, man, it was just brutal what he said. I'm not saying it should disqualify from winning the title, but my personal opinion on it was when I read it, I'm like, yeah, the guy sounds like a real asshole. But we can't all be 350 pounds and 6'10, you know, and be able to flip over ambulances and semi trucks. So, yeah. Um, and I, again, I know he worked hard for it, but I'm like, man, just maybe be a, a, a touch more sensitive during this time period. Well, and that's like, too, the Lars Sullivan stuff and the push he was getting. But then, yeah, that man, I don't think we'll ever see him on TV again. But um, he's, had, he's, he's had a lot of off the scene stuff. But Triple H took the punishment five months later, though, he did win the Intercontinental Championship. <clears throat> Had a lot of things happening here. This is like kind of the behind. There was actually I found a note here. There was a a DVD where the Undertaker kind of said that um, on it at the time that 
uh, you know, wrestler's court and things like that. We've always heard the rumors of that. And wrestler's going to handle it. That him taking the punishment, it kind of endeared him to everyone else. And so, um, you know, and so what it was is it was actually one of the first times, though, that any wrestling promotion had to acknowledge the fact that things were scripted. And so <laughs> totally changing how we view wrestling, it, such a huge impact, not necessarily on these two performers, but the industry as a whole and what they did after all of this and kind of, the, you know, the the match and then, the you know, the curtain call, just crazy how that all played out. So, um a little bit after that, though, the individuals on this one, though, um, you had Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash, the outsiders, appearing on WCW for the first time, being the invaders, of course, uh, coming in and kind of dealing with that. And we all know, like, the career trajectory that that has gone, and we've talked about that on previous episodes. Michaels, though, uh, he actually lost uh, a Survivor Series. He actually lost to Psycho Sid, who he had been paired with a little bit in this time that he was feuding with Kevin Nash over those couple of years. Sid was actually uh, Kevin Nash's bodyguard as well, too. They kind of, I say hot shot, they actually had a little bit of back and forth with the belt at this point because Michaels actually beat Sid again. It was that January 1997 Royal Rumble. And so, um, you know, we from April all the way until that January the following year. It's kind of a little bit of back and forth there. Michael's having it. So a um, lot happening here. A lot, you know, that affected the greater wrestling industry. Like these guys, a lot of it, like the leaving for WCW, Michael's, you know, really being the top star for a while here. Just a lot happening. So, um, Tom, you got any thoughts, any more thoughts on that before we get into the reviews? No, I, it, that's, it's a lot, but it's, it's all great stuff, man. Um, hit us with the reviews and then why don't you give your payoff score first? That's fine. All right. So I'll get into this. And so I'll start with, again, we've been kind of trying to add the PWI list here occasionally. And so, yeah, I, I find it to be interesting. Keep doing I it. I do too. Yeah. And so the, um, yes, Tom and I don't run everything by him. This is, uh, I made an executive decision on this one. So uh, 1995, the year before this one, I didn't realize just how high these guys were ranked. Diesel was actually number one on the PWI in 1995 and Michaels was number two. Um, it's just crazy. I don't think I ever like you know Diesel as a performer. You don't necessarily think, or as a as an in ring technician, you don't think of. But he was number one on the PWI in 1995. Uh, swapped in 1996 with Michaels number one and Diesel number six. And so these guys were really, according to PWI, like two of the top you know ten rest, six wrestlers in the world, top two wrestlers in the world the year before. So. Um, this match, some pretty high scores on this one. We'll start with uh, the P- uh, Pro Wrestling Torch. They give this one four and three quarter stars. Um, and just some of the interesting write ups here. Uh, I-, I thought like, um, that. Uh, the main event was intense and innovative and made up for a relatively weak undercard. Um, and then also Michaels took diesel to a four-star match and it couldn't, and it could have been even better had it not been for the finish that people will be discussing for some time, removing a man's prosthetic leg and using it in the ring certainly ranks up there as one of the more outrageous moment in a field that is dominated by outrageous moments. I love the bump that Michaels took through the table and the way all the video equipment just artfully draped around him. Visually, it could not have been closer to perfect, um, which, you know, absolutely. And yeah. so, 
It's hard to not agree with that one though. Um, yeah. You know, what's in, I'll just say this. And I mean, I think about that bump. I think about the bump that uh, Bret Hart took at Survivor Series against Diesel off the apron. I think about the bump that Sean took, uh, Sean and uh, Mankind uh, did at the, the Mind Games pay-per-view. Those tables looked way better than the, you know, kind of plasticky put them back together tables that they've had since then they just broke better i mean they may have hurt like hell but visually to to the i think it was Meltzer's point they looked a lot better than the bumps now mm-hmm. yep absolutely so i this one too this is just from from the different writers on this one um i uh uh, I knocked Shawn Michaels for not always working at a high rate at, at the high end of his skills. A few more matches from Michaels like this, and I will gladly eat my words. He put away the recent annoying shtick, such as the overblown ring entrances and the clowning with the fans. He treated this match with the seriousness of not only a world title match, but also the keynote match in his feud with Diesel. Very he sold fair. his he sold his ass off for the heel, which is a novel concept in the U.S. at the time. Uh, this allowed Diesel to remain credible throughout the match, creating a sense that the outcome was in doubt until the final move. Best of all, one Michaels Superman comeback after another failed to finish the match as Diesel had an answer for each. It added up to an excellent match that bordered on being the match of the year candidate. This is the first top 10 caliber performance out of Shawn Michaels this year and the best he has worked without a ladder in several years. Um, <laughs> Which I thought, like, that, at the time, like, kind of crazy, like, how hot, you know, um, like, just that match was. Um, it did not win match of the year that actually, which we rightfully so, Brett and Sean, the Iron Man match. Now, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough call. I mean... Now, but interesting, the year before 1995, it was Diesel and Sean that got match of the year from PWI at that WrestleMania 11 match. So and I think that's more commentary on how bad the wrestling was that year. I mean, not that that was a bad match, but man, that was the best match of 95. That, that doesn't say much because that was a good, but not a great match. So now that I'm looking at this list right now, this is very interesting from 19, really four times, 93 to 96. Michaels was involved in the match of the year each of those four years. And so 1993, it was Sean versus Marty at Raw, which was for the Intercontinental Championship. 1994 was the ladder match, Razor and Sean. 95 was Diesel and Sean at 11 for the championship. And then 96 was Brett and Sean at the Ironman match. Okay. And then 98 would have been the Hell in the Cell match. It was the Hell in a Cell Undertaker versus Mankind. Oh, oh, oh. I, I meant, oh, not 97. Did, did Taker and uh, Sean, oh, I'm how did sorry. that not, not win? No, 97 was Brett and Stone Cold, the no DQ submission match uh, from WrestleMania yeah, 13. Uh, I, man, I thought, that, I thought the Hell in a Cell match between Sean and Taker was better than that. But regard, I mean, those nope. are both great matches. Nope. Okay, so Sean probably finished second that year. And then he's out 98. Yeah, but yeah, I'm saying 98 was the back in 2002. There, he probably won what four or five more match of the years. No, 2002. That that one itself went to The Rock and Hogan. Uh, yeah, and so there was actually oh wow, so there was a huge stretch here from 2004 to 2010 where he was involved in every match of the year. And so 2000. This is a little bonus for all of our, all of our listeners out here. Uh, 2004 was Triple H, Benoit, Shawn Michaels, and Triple Threat. 
2005 was Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. That was I just watched that recently. That was such a good match. 2006 was the Shawn versus Vince WrestleMania 22. 2007 was Cena and Michaels on a okay. Raw episode. How how good is this guy that he takes Vince McMahon to the match of the year? Crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So then you got 2007, Cena and Michaels on Raw. 2008 was the uh, uh, 24, Sean and Flair. Uh, tw- 2009 and 2010, both matches Taker. Undertaker versus Sean Michaels. Yep, from the WrestleMania streak versus career that second time around. Um, and so, he, yeah. You might not like his gimmick. Um, you may not love his promos, but how do you. How, who who else is in the running for best in ring worker of all time? And I, right. I'm being dead serious. Who's who's even close? Yeah, and just, don't and don't that, say don't say Flair. No, that many to see like, and I get it. Like every list is, you know, there's no one else even even close. Right, and to have that many matches of the year, and even like I know we talk a lot about like Kenny Omega and Okada and some of those guys, like they don't they don't even have as many on this. Well, one. And, well, I was gonna say that some of that stuff's not my cup of tea, but but here's another point: Are they gonna do it for the next twenty years? Right. <laughs> you know, you're talking ninety three. You're talking two thousand and eight. I mean, I know there was you know again, I know he was hurt for some of that, but and my God, just crazy and cena on the list a whole lot too and so he's interesting how that was so um so getting back to it though so they had uh, that was the pw torch they had four and three quarter stars the observer had four and a half stars um okay. and again kind of same type stuff um and it was mad dog was actually ringside he's it lives in nebraska at the time so didn't know that and so um and it says it was a major news story in omaha years back when Vashon was hit by a car while either jogging or walking on the side of the road and needed his leg amputated and so that's the story behind that one um and so why he was able to kind of grab his leg and do that so um interesting though how that kind of just played out and so um they did a little bit of write up on the click here, but it wasn't anything we've kind of already said as well too. Um, and so this is one too. I will give this one. I, I kind of, I'm just gonna say 8.5. I think because the match was good. They, you know, they really put on a show for all of us. But I think too the larger, and I gave the the point five. I'm, I'm throwing that one out there as well too because the larger implication it had on wrestling as a whole. Just this whole this whole really month period of the click and the curtain call and leaving for WCW and this match itself was the culmination of years of these guys having back and forth. Like that's what I want in my wrestling. I wanted to tell a good story, not just outside of the ring, but inside of the ring as well too. And I thought that they did a very, Michaels is just one of those guys that you can list as like, who are you going to get a good match from H a styles? You're going to get a good match from, you're going to get a good match from, you know, Sean Michaels, um, you know, Daniel Bryan is going to carry people and put a good match out there for, you know, people as well too. It's just how it is. And so I'm going to go an 8.5 on this one. Tom? 8.5. Yes. Okay. What do you got? I, yeah. No, no, no. I like, I like that. Um, I, gosh, you have a two-year history here. I thought the build made all the sense in the world. You had the real life connection, which you, you knew existed. The intensity of the match was through the roof. I mean, they were there for a fight. This was, I mean, this was fantastic. I, I, I just, I, I thought this was just a great match. Um, it, it never stalled. I mean, it was just 20 minutes of boom, boom, back and forth. 
you know, Sean sold like hell. Some of the spots were great, high flying, big moves, some weapons. Uh, the, the, the intensity was, was massive. Uh, crowd went nuts at the end. Um, I've got this payoff score at a nine. I thought this was fantastic. Um, you said it already. I'll just, I'll echo better than I expected. Yeah, Absolutely. It was fun to watch, which we don't always watch matches that are necessarily fun to watch. A lot of times they can be slow and kind of plotting, but this one kept going. It was good. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got, man. Okay. Do, do we want to let everyone know what match we're covering next week? Do we even know? We already know? Yeah, we know. Yeah, we we know. know. Okay. Let, let, let it out there. We'll, we'll open the spoiler gates. Let's do the, re- the return of the red and yellow. Hulk Hogan is challenging Triple H for the heavyweight championship the month after his five-star classic against The Rock. Can he become world champion as the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling all these years later, back in the red and yellow, back in the WWF? This will be a fun one to cover as we continue our post-WrestleMania classic matches um yeah exciting another one people will thank you if you stuck around to the end that's the the, the not only you get some fun facts but uh, we had a lot of good info in this one this one was exciting like i said we went to uh, we, we we both ranted a little bit on this here and went down some rabbit holes but that's perfectly okay and so it's that's perfectly okay it's our show we never do whatever the fuck we want we do whatever we want and because this match warrants it as well too so Lastly, kind of our competitors in this one, of course, Kevin Nash Diesel. He is uh, on Twitter. He is at Real Kevin Nash. So make sure to check him out there. And of course, at Sean Michaels for the Heartbreak Kids. So you can find him there as well, too. So, um, of course, as we always say, subscribe to the show. Yeah, subscribe to the show. Give us those five stars. Spread the word about the show. Um, And then we are also on our social media all the time Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Payoff Pod. We're just sitting, sitting at home. You know, we're doing our shoot jobs from home. And so, um, you know, then we got this, this, you know, this job as well too, you know, kind of keeping us busy. And so, um, drop us a line. Like I said, uh, we've got some fans reaching out. We always appreciate it. We're going to drop as soon as we can throw some things back on UPS and, uh, we, we will get some koozies shipped out to some people cause we know people are enjoying that. So, um, yeah, other than that, Tom, uh, how about you take us home on this one? All right, man. No, I just, uh, I just want, for us or, yeah. it was great. No, 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 nothing, nothing here to share. I, I just, it was actually just wanted to thank you for being a good friend. Oh my gosh. But you know what? Better enemy. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of The Payoff.